You are listening to the first episode of the Milwaukee Podcasters Meetup, a panel discussion recorded live at the Hive offices in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, featuring Concept Creative and the Plug Podcast. Today we discuss development in Milwaukee and the positives and negatives of that. So my name is Scott Simonson, and to my right is Regina Simonson, and to my left is Lorenzo. Can I say your last name? Yes. Yeah, Moody. Yep. All right, Lorenzo <laughs> Moody. Um, he's here yeah. representing Concept Creative. Uh, will you tell us a little bit about what that is and what you do? Yeah, no problem. So Concept Creative is a brand new digital design agency that I just started. Um, basically, what we do, we specialize in brand identity and like cover art for musicians and stuff like that. So. Um, like I said, we're just starting. I'm just starting, but we're off to a really good start. Um, collaborated, started working out at a hive, and it's been really up from there. So that's what I do all day. That's awesome. So I'm Regina, and I'm a content producer, social media manager, and co-host of the Plug Podcast with Scott. Um, super excited to be here today, and we get to share an exciting topic: uh, development in Milwaukee. Um, I thought that. Milwaukee was more or better described as a spectator city, meaning there were fewer people that were willing to take action on a good idea or a new idea specifically, um, and they would pass and watch it, see how it develops through phase one and phase two, which made entrepreneurs more independent for the first two phases or their incubation phase. But now we're starting to notice a shift in not only how they're structuring what projects are being financed, but also which neighborhoods they're choosing to develop and how they're deciding to develop them. Um, the, the item that I chose to focus on for, uh, for the area of development or developments in Milwaukee can actually be related to the streetcar system. How many here are familiar with the... <clears throat> So the streetcar system, who's heard of it? Who's excited about it? By a show of hands. I don't know, man. <laughs> right? Heard first. Heard first, right? Yeah, excited. <laughs> what, what's there to be excited about? Well, I'm here to share why why this is exciting is because it's not only been is it's proposed as a way to get around and to connect the different um, people, but they've targeted in 12 different communities and specific districts that are being pre-approved for financing and good ideas. So if you, the reason I thought that this was important is because if you have an idea and you're looking for the right place slash venue to house that good idea, um, it's most likely gonna get financed in one of these three or 12 districts. Um, those districts are um, Historic Third Ward. Uh, a lot of the, uh, the railway system is hubbed in Historic Third Ward. You're gonna find a around the Rockwell Automation plant. Um, the UW, which is right across the street, is the UWM School of Freshwater and Sciences. Um, anything on the Marquette campus is connected to the streetcar, but obviously you're gonna find more university-based, youth-based organizations that are, are vying for those <coughs> positions. I really, uh, the, the others are the Brewery District, uh, which you may have seen from the recent fire yesterday. 
Oh, that's always tough, isn't it? Um, but ultimately, uh, the brewery, the MATC, the Arena District, MSOE is receiving a lot of development, Brady Street, North Ave, and what I think are the three greatest opportunities are Schlitz Park, um, MLK Drive, and Bronzeville. If you have a, if you're looking for a place where you can house either a production studio or something that's going to create jobs, all of these areas have received a, uh, either a grant, um, extra financing from the city, or something where they can develop, um, they can develop multifamily housing, which is great for getting people to live there. But there's the gap is creating jobs there. So if you have something that can involve or develop the youth, that's a great opportunity. I I, I close my point <laughs> to for efficiency here, um, Regina, in the yeah. All right, that was awesome. Great. Well, that was just the districts. Good job. All right. So many notes, you dropped the notebook. <laughs> yeah. That notebook's fire. What can I say? Yeah, streetcar coming in hot. That's awesome. So I chose to focus on uh, the North End, um, which was developed by the Mandel Group and was largely a vision of Barry Mandel. Uh, so that community over there um, where downtown meets east side um, has seen a lot of attention from other developers coming to the area and putting up luxury housing um, in mass quantities. So the north end alone is six buildings housing 849 apartments, um, enough for <laughs> a lot of people who are um, moving and grooving in the city. <laughs> and um, Mayor Tom Barrett and the Common Council actually allotted $8.4 million um, to the improvements surrounding that area, new streets, a new river walk, um, and just um, a lot of enhancements that have gone in in that area. And the area, if you've spent time walking around there, it really exudes exactly what it's trying to attract. Um, it's, it's new, it's fresh, um, architecturally and design speaking, it's beautiful. And um, they really want the youth and um, stuff that can be financially backed um, to come live there and thrive there. So um, it's pretty cool. I think um, that area wasn't like that when we left um, and it's happened pretty quickly. Definitely within the last 10 years, it's seen insane growth. So, Lorenzo, what development in Milwaukee interests you the most? Um, okay, it's kind of hard for me to answer this question without lying. So I found something, <laughs> you know, so I found something that, like, that's not a lie, you yeah. know? So, um, <clears throat> so the only thing I can really say that pertains to this, that excites me, uh, this kind of sucks as far as, like, being downtown and just, like, the actual act of driving, but um, everybody hates it, but I actually don't mind construction at all because I know construction is actually one of the ways that they provide the city jobs, and you always usually see construction happens in waves. So usually depending on, you know, well, what's going on in the state and who's running, you know, who's running everything, you usually see construction certain periods of time, and we're in one of those periods where there's a lot of construction. So a lot of people hate it because they're driving through it. It sucks. It, it it causes a lot of, you know, difficulties as far as getting where you're trying to go. But I always see the bright side of it because there's jobs at that spot that wasn't there before. Um, so that that's the thing that excites me the most. Now, the conversation of who's getting those jobs and where that money is being spent from the money from the people who's getting those jobs, that's another conversation. But we're not going there yet. <laughs> 
Not yet. You yep. Have seven questions. And yep. Right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Awesome. So now we have some questions, um, and we're going to deliberate and discuss. And after we discuss this, we'll be sending this microphone around, and each and every one of you get the opportunity to introduce yourself and also a business or a podcast or, or what you represent and why you came out tonight. So you, you have a moment to plug yourself and your business. If everybody could wrap it in 30 seconds, that would be helpful. Not as a group, yeah. but <laughs> each of you. Um, and, and also, if you're, if you're a podcast and you have a specific ask, like we're looking for a guest who can speak on a specific topic like mental wellness or a, abuse or um, how to get your business started or something, um, please consider this as a meetup or a consistent place where you can go and find that as a resource. Um, so if you're looking for a comic or a person of interest, um, ask this group. I'm sure someone here knows that person or can connect you to that person. We want to be the connectory for you. Awesome. So after we talk, you talk. So <laughs> just we're to straight. make that value every time here. You know, you get something out of it too. <laughs> awesome. So our questions do center around development in Milwaukee. The first one being, what is something unique about Milwaukee? How is it different than other mid-sized Midwestern cities? What do we have on Cleveland, Indianapolis, or St. Louis? Can can I answer this one? Yeah. What a surprise. Or, or, I'm just kidding. <laughs> big surprise. The man who loves to hear his voice wants to talk again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, one thing I want to compliment Milwaukee on is its receptiveness to the restaurant entrepreneur. This city oh. is the most supportive I've ever seen for independent business owners who want to franchise and develop their, their brand. Um, and that... This is part of the reason why we're back. Um, Milwaukee is extremely supportive for the self-made person. So let's keep that going in the cream city and um, keep supporting one another. And um, a rising tide raises all boats. Yeah. Do you, you got something? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what makes Milwaukee different is our summer festival culture and our tailgate mentality. And I think as a city, we'll hibernate and, you know, stay in and work during the winter. And then summer comes around. And as a city, we're like, yes, like people are happier, people are friendlier. And I think Milwaukee uh, festivals like no other city with the Summerfest grounds and um, just a focus on entertainment and arts and culture. And I think that um, entertainment wise um, and culturally speaking, we're on par with larger cities like Chicago. Um, change my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, what do, you, what do you think? What makes Milwaukee special? Um, one thing, I haven't been to those cities, but one thing that, <laughs> so I can't really diss anybody, but um, one thing I love about Milwaukee is that the amount of uh, programs and state, like f uh, state funded programs that we have to help um, the people who need it as far as starting small businesses and stuff. There's a lot of grants, there's a lot of uh, speaking specifically, we have a big, I just recently went to one of their events. Um, they have a lot of events for women, minorities, anybody who, uh, who, are, who need help taking that next step from being just a person that goes to work for somebody else. So we have a lot of money allocated to that and there are a lot of ways for people to get that. So uh, that's my favorite thing about it. Fabulous. Um, all right, so what do you think the largest problem that Milwaukee faces is? 
I got it every <laughs> Yeah, go, go. Yeah, I'm go not turning this into that. No. I don't really feel like going there too. Right, but right. Um, one of the biggest problems that I see, you know, and I always cite my parents too, because my parents are part of this problem, and I tell them that all the time to their face. It's the amount of people who want, <clears throat> who uh, who own property in in Milwaukee, but don't like live in Milwaukee. I feel like that's a really big problem because uh, you are you're going to pay your property taxes in Milwaukee, obviously. But a lot of the money that you spend, you're paying taxes in those other counties, you know. So when you go buy your groceries, all that stuff, when you go do that in Oconomowoc, you know, uh, but you're making money, you're taking jobs in Milwaukee, but you go spend your taxes somewhere else, you know. So I think that's a big problem. And that also becomes a problem for how it looks when you drive up the, the street. A lot of the people who live in places don't own those places. A lot of the people who own them live in Cedarburg or something like that. So that that's always a problem. And when they're not there, physically care. And that's not always their fault. They just own property. They own property. Nobody's faulting them. But you're not always there to confirm how it looks, you know, mm -hmm. you know, or to be there to come. Yeah, just to be there to make sure nobody's kicking holes in your wall or your fence is down on the ground. Right. So, <laughs> so when you're driving up Capitol, when you see that swift change in how things look, and then it switches bad, and then it switches back good, like. A lot of those people in those areas don't own that property there, and that's what keeps a lot of development from happening because a lot of the major development um, in Milwaukee comes from places and people who have money to develop these things. Mm -hmm. but when you're just talking about a house on some random Burleigh Street, right. that's not that, it's not the same thing. Right. So. I think it can be described as the isolation of pockets of the city with limited resources and no outside investments. There you go. Yeah. That's what I said. I said it first, though. Quote me. Quote me that that, okay? Awesome. I'll just play it. For sure. Great. So moving on, um, who are Milwaukee's largest advocates? Ooh. Uh, can I start that this yeah, may be David Gruber? Oh, okay. I had that on here. I was like, David Gruber, sponsor us, Gruber. No, no. Uh, honestly, though, I think it's um, developers and also those yeah. who spend their money and resources in the area, in the city. People who live downtown, people who go out downtown and support these um, thriving, you know, communities. That they're the advocates. Yeah, the best way to submit your vote on a non-voting day is to invest your dollar. Um, if you want your voice to be heard. Um, buy real estate and make the business that you want to be there, the one that you always wanted to see in thrive. And, and um, But that's not easy. So there's many partners that are opening their mind to who their next partner is going to be. Uh, be. Be courageous. Be encouraged. Draft the best deal you can come up with and present it to people. I promise you, you will find someone who's receptive to that, that concept. Um, the largest advocates are the people. Um, just for the simple fact that if you ask somebody, we do offer as a state and as a city, we offer a lot of opportunities for people to, you know, I'm trying to think of a better way to put it, but make it from the dirt. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> to kind of make it, you know, to kind of rise. We do have a lot of opportunities for a hardworking person. There's a lot of opportunity for you to grow in Milwaukee and become a a successful person so I'm just gonna say the people you know so oh that's awesome yeah, the people are important so on the flip side who is standing in the way of Milwaukee's growth and development 
And I have an answer for this, actually. Um, recently, we had a guest on the Plug Podcast, um, Eric Marsh, who is the executive director of Southeastern Wisconsin Normal. So they are focused on um, pushing for the initiative of cannabis legalization. And he said that Scott Walker um, is actually standing in the way of um, making moves on that. And um, I wasn't really a fan of Scott Walker what was it, eight years ago maybe, when the teachers were marching at the Madison Capitol and all that because of union rights and all that. Um, but the fact that he's still in office, which seems like forever ago, he's still in office, he's still standing in the way of, you know, the commerce that cannabis could bring to the city um, and also the reprieve for I, people. I want to say who's standing in the way. I want to say Scott Walker, but it's a little deeper than that, yeah. you know. Um, so I totally agree with what you're saying, you know. I think the other the other part of that, the biggest issue, like one of the biggest issues that Milwaukee faced is that the people who aren't in Milwaukee mm -hmm. don't understand how Milwaukee works or they don't understand the people, you know, like uh, there's a, a big culture of, you know, people who don't live in Milwaukee of quote unquote being scared of their being like cause they are. It's an inner city. It's going to be bad places everywhere, you know. Um, but a big part of what's standing in the way is the relationship between Milwaukee and the rest of the state. It's so different. You know, it varies so much. So um, if there was some type of way to kind of bridge the gap between that, you know, because even if you look at it on a politics level, you know, we're, we're mostly blue all the time. And then you get Madison that's blue, then you get a couple of other places, but then it's red everywhere else, right. you know. So we have to find a way to bridge the gap and kind of get people to understand each other. So we can start influencing society in that way, you know. Yeah, that's spot on. Thank you. Right on. All right, now we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. My bad. No, my bad. <laughs> um, how can an individual benefit from the growth and development of Milwaukee? Are the benefits limited to a certain group of people? That, that question I might even want to turn over to the audience. I know you can't hear me, but do you guys feel like the benefit, the opportunities are presented to one demographic over another, more frequently than another. <laughs> I've got, I've got mixed reviews from mixed the reviews. audience. Mixed reviews. All right. Someone so want to grab the mic? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Maybe next time. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's got it. Someone's All right. Here we go. It. Here we go. Here we go. So I want to say, as far as what though, because if I'm understanding correctly, um, one of my mentors, he's a a former politician and also he's a former lawyer and he says most of the funding or opportunities come from where people vote the most. Mm. So if you vote in that area and people take a look at that where they want to allocate funding to, that's where they're going to have funding and submit funds and grants and things like that. So um, if that's what you mean, I think that's that's where people get the most opportunities to find where, where they vote the most. Gotcha. Very informative. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got see it's just it, you in the terms of this conversation we just have to decide where are we going with the conversation right. but um, I will say I do think it's limited to a certain group of people um, but specifically because the state enacts laws that disenfranchise groups of people and that's and to be honest that's not always in like it's like race, but not really. It's really poor people. So anybody, poor people don't get to see any benefits. They they kind of have to go through hoops and prove the type of person they are 
because they're poor. You know, like you don't receive the benefit of the doubt of trying to do better. You know, they they throw you in a, a lump with people who quote unquote scam the system. You, you kind of you get yeah, you have to prove that you're poor and then prove that you don't want to be poor, which is weird because you have to. That should be insinuated. You know, so so um, so yeah. So sometimes they are a lot of the benefits are you know. Even the fact that we got to pay so much for parking down here, that's a luxury to even come down here to be around people who offer opportunities, but then you got to pay $4 to park every two hours. That's a luxury. So thinking to a poor person, you know, that's a thing. That's probably the same amount you're going to spend on the bus if you did come on the bus. It's the same. So, so yeah, so it is limited to a certain group of people. Gotcha. I think it might be limited towards people who can live in these um, developments, um, people who can pay fourteen fifty a month, you know, for the rent. Um, which, right. if you can pay for it, yeah. you're gonna have everything you want because those places are mm-hmm. like nice. Um, every last amenity, you know, is taken mm-hmm. care of. Uh, right without headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> or no. Or yeah. no. Sometimes you gotta take a moment. Hey, do you see? Are we on that? You had a comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring it on up. We got a mic for it. But uh, like legalizing weed and whatnot. What about the people who are like disproportionately in prison because of that? And like, I think it is about race. And like, mm. in Milwaukee, it was designed like early on. And like, I feel it definitely black people aren't like specifically they're disenfranchised from everything you're talking about. They won't be able to make the profit off the weed that would be legalized in a summer record. And, so, you know, so, yeah. There's a bunch of other, like, you know, the effect of it, well, loans for houses and everything else. But I just wanted to throw that in. Absolutely. Good contribution. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, it's a very complex issue. So, next yeah. up, um, do you see yourself in Milwaukee long term? Why or why not? You guys go ahead. Um, I'm just going to say no. Uh, but that's not necessarily. That's really because I just don't want to raise kids here. Yeah, like well, as much as as much as I had fun growing up and stuff like that. Like just with all the statistics we know with black males in Wisconsin, I just don't want to raise a a black son here. You know, and that, that's really it. And I don't really want to take it there. But that's my answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah. But no, the police do it matter. You got to turn it on, bro. I guess I'll respond to that because I have sons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Huh? No, I mean, I guess for me it's like you can't change someplace running away from it or leaving it. So yeah. if I want to change something, I have to be the difference in my kids who can be the difference in the future. Um, I do have sons here. Is it scary? Of course. But I can only do what I do to prepare them and hope. Seven, three, and one. So I can only hope that I make them better, be better, do better than I did. I mean, you know, I can't say that I've contributed a lot, but when it comes to, like, the future or wanting to make something better, I feel like the people that are best fit to make it better all leave, and it kind of hurts the city even more. Yeah. Especially somebody like Renz. Like, him saying he wants to leave, like, and I'm not trying to guilt him or anything, but it, it, I mean, it makes me feel a way because I know him and I know his potential and I know what he can do. So yeah. having him leave doesn't help. It hurts us because now he's somewhere making it better and we're sitting here like, damn, we could have had him. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And to speak on that, um, I'm, I have to be here long term. Um, I yeah. went out there. We both we moved yeah. um, to find it um, right. because being born and raised in Wisconsin, you're like, oh, it must be so much more amazing yeah. elsewhere. So we went out to the southwest. <laughs> we were down there. And um, obviously there's perks of living out there. You know, it's beautiful. No winters, mountains, hiking. But yeah. we missed it. You miss yeah. home. You know, yeah. that's what you live for. Um, and that's that's here. It always has been. Definitely. So I've had to make many vows. Like I will not move from Milwaukee. Uh, like I will not move. I've from made or made those it's vows. It's true. <laughs> uh, well, and again, speaking from people who left the city because we were specifically looking for outside opportunities to learn from something that wasn't here. To when you're in the Midwest, you always feel like everything from the coast, including hype. Uh, influence, fashion, whatever it may be, comes from the coast and like a tide, wicks its way in slowly. And we may get it, we may not get it, but if it if it hits the mainstream on the coast, we'll probably catch it in two to three years. So we were like, let's, I know, that's, that's for, I mean, um, yeah, I can't think of it. Um, but we moved all around the country looking for what it was that we were seeking and there's something special about Midwestern values and Midwestern work ethic that made us return. And to answer the, to follow up the question is we left and now we have to be back. We have to be back because there's so much that we're in line or that is in, in alignment with what we're hoping for, what we're driving at. It's all here. It's all here. And there and the support that backs you when you go and come back the best thing about leaving and come back because leaving can be scary because you're leaving your friends behind you're leaving your network behind but you are learning you're learning things that you can't you can't learn you may not be able to be exposed to exposure is a wonderful thing um, and that's the best thing that if you ca can afford to travel expose yourself to it but when you're done traveling come back and bring the best of what you learned back with you and I think to follow up Lorenzo I, 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 w I wish you the best experience in, in <laughs> venturing you. out but Thank learn you. and bring back what you learn because mm -hmm. there's a wonderful thing when you when you do that the community is very receptive and that um, that hesitation that you heard to your initial ideas will come back tenfold in support um, when they see that you were courageous enough to go after for what you wanted um, Absolutely. So, um, so last question today. Um, what changes do you hope to see in Milwaukee by the year 2020? And that is one and a half years away. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> That's big. That's crazy. That's big. Uh, 2020, I hope, I hope to see greater opportunities for sustainable creatives. That means content producers, podcasters, uh, companies that are looking to talk about their business but they don't know how to do it so they can leverage these creators. Um, I hope to see a better network for people who are um, um, serving the community. There should be a commercial interest in cause marketing campaigns. If you're giving back to the community, there should be a corporation backing you um, to make sure that the not only the community impact mission is being met, but also your needs as the person who's leading that are also being met. You shouldn't sacrifice everything. So by 2020, I hope to see more sustainable creatives, more cause marketing campaigns, 
and a lot more podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say I hope to see a, a rise in people's, the importance of uh, just creatives. Uh, one big thing that I've noticed about the Midwest, and it's funny that you brought it up, how we get everything late, is I'm, I come across a lot of people who are kind of steer away from things that look too fancy. I think that's only a Midwest thing. You know, so like, so I hope that we start to put a little bit more value on creatives because there's a lot of creatives, especially in Milwaukee, that, that can make great things, but a lot of people in Milwaukee don't put value on things at the same level, you know. If you can offer somebody, just because this is just an example I have, if you can offer somebody like, hey, I can shoot you a commercial that looks like a, a direct TV commercial or something like that. I'm like, no, I don't need that. Just put me in front of this screen and I'll just talk. I think that's a Midwest thing. Like, yeah. So, I, you know, so, yeah. So I'm hoping that people start to see the value and we start to kind of get away from just like settling for the norm and people start actually willing to pay people for great uh, content. Yeah, that's awesome. To speak to that point, I recently saw a meme about the Midwest saying if you compliment someone from Milwaukee on a piece of clothing, it's custom for them to tell you how much of a discount they got it yeah. at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got to stop that. Man. 30% like, off. Like, this is JaVinci. I spent 2300 on this. This dress, eight dollars. Yeah. Start swagging. Like, we gotta stop doing that. We gotta start awesome. Yeah. And by the year twenty twenty, I just want Juno to be open up from the Paps all the way down to the lake. Just like finally, please. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, thank you so much for listening to that. Yeah. Now is your opportunity to introduce yourself. If you want to come up and then just grab the mic and introduce yourself that way. Feel free if you came as a team, you can interview together. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's yeah. get going. Yeah, this is exciting. We got Seth and Eric from. Can I nominate these guys pretty quickly? Is that okay? Yeah. There was a M Milwaukee Podcast Festival last year thrown by Jasmine Brown, right? And her cohort? Uh, exactly. And. These two gentlemen put on the best show within their time block that I had seen not only in the, at the festival, but also at stand-up comedy shows all over Chicago. So I want to compliment these two gentlemen. I actually asked them personally to come here. Um, Seth and Eric, this is Eric. Please tell us about Sweats and Suits podcast. Very, very funny, uh, gentlemen. First of all, thank you, sir. I'm too dark to blush. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was gonna say who he talking about. He talking about us. But uh, you know, I am Eric. Uh, this is my my best friend for many years, Seth. We are Sweats and Suits podcast. Uh, we give you from everything from raw emotion to substance to comedy to everything that you're looking for. You can find it with us. Uh, we've been at this podcast scene for about a year and a half, um, and it's the journey that we've been on has been excellent too. Uh, just reaching out to, to 100 people a week to being on, a, a like you said, the podcast show, being in front of 100 people, and also you know, Charlamagne and Ghana, Andrew Schultz, who are, uh, you know, quote-unquote celebrities. So um, it's been very humbling, very um, a roller coaster ride, just from the point where people are tuning in each week, listening to us, and knowing what we're saying. They can take something back, and it might help them personally in their lives. So... Um, 
currently at this point, we're looking for a few different things on our podcast because, uh, we, like you said, we give you comedy, we give you substance, we give you raw emotion. So right now we're looking for um, if we can find, like, any couples that's married but from different religions to come on and talk about our show. And also um, anybody for that has, a, like, a strong financial background. Um, I instantly just recently just took an interest in day trading. Awesome. So I want to find a way to get people from my demographic to stop living from check to check and start having some of their money work for them. And also to, like you said, just find ways to invest in different things yeah. in order to develop other things in other people in other communities. So. You hear that? James Bell, Julie Dybel, we got financial advisors. Yeah. <laughs> and shout out to our network, uh, Upper Mogul Life Everyday Media. In the building. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you very much, Eric. Anyone else? Come on. Oh. There you go. There you go. Yep, got it. How's it going? Um, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm Jolyn. Uh, we are representatives right now of the Zima Podcasting Network. We host uh, Monsters at Midnight, which is a monthly show on the network that pertains to a lot of horror news, horror-related content, such as movies, video games, true-life crime stories, real tales of the unexplained, uh, just things that make, that make you jump in the night. Um, essentially, our goal is just to express uh, love and uh, gain interest on a genre that is often cast out as a black sheep in uh, the media world, uh, whether it be film or video games or whatever else. Um, we always welcome uh, film connoisseurs and horror geeks on our show. Um, do you have anything else to add, Jolyn? Um, I guess I can talk a little bit about Zima Podcasting Network. I'm a little bit fresh to the whole crew, but... Um uh, they have a few different shows. Uh, one is called Music Sucks, and they focus on local music. Uh, so if you're a local band, maybe maybe check out that show. <laughs> um, there's also, well, we work with Graham Zima, who's the producer of Zima Podcasting, and he co-hosts with us. Uh, he also has his own show called Live in the Dream, where uh, he just kind of, you know, makes conversation. It's really just about anything that he kind of wants. We were on that for, I think, the Valentine's Day episode. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of people involved are students, so it's really, like, it's it's kind of fresh, and, um, you know, a lot of it's through UWM and, and people who go there or have gone there. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a good crowd. Yeah, so that's us. Hey, guys, welcome to the uh, Milwaukee Podcasters Meetup. It's up there. Don't matter. You're going to get feedback. <laughs> All right. My name is Andy Pace. I started the oldest green building supply company in the United States 25 years ago. And uh, back before when green was just a color, and now it's sort of this way of life. Uh, we talked about here about development. I was um, president of the largest architectural association in Wisconsin twice, but that was 20 years ago and um, when I was in my mid-20s. And now I work with homeowners all over the country and all over the world to help them build healthy homes, people with allergies, asthma, chemical sensitivities, people with depressed immune systems, you know, those people who live in the, the plastic bubble, those are my customers. 
and we've got a very small but uh, extremely dedicated staff and I was on a program about a month ago for Robin Openshaw and you may know her as Green Smoothie Girl podcaster she's got about a million followers and um, I did a 90-minute interview and after that she texted me and she says you've got to start a podcast so that's what I did <laughs> I started a, a podcast called non-toxic environments and so um, it's a very niche type program obviously not everybody suffers from that type of disease of chemical sensitivity but there's no other outlets in the world like our company and like the message that we have so I'm really excited to meet more podcasters and learn about this so thank you Uh, my name is Dooch. I'm from 72 and 10 podcast and from Everyday Media. Uh, we started 72 and 10 podcast about three years ago. It'll be three years in October. And it started as a, a relationship podcast, but it expanded into where we talk about mental health or uh, things that go on in the city. Um, just a bunch of different stuff. And then from that, I started a podcast network where... Um, Actually, Renz is a person that, that he's a, uh, like a co-owner co where he helps me with these podcasts. And we, we have about 15, if I'm not mistaken, where they range from mental health to sports. Uh, I'm trying to get these two in front right here, but they, they plan. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I started it as a, uh, I started the network to have uh, basically like a network of people where we can uh, support each other. Uh, like we, we do a lot of events together and the support that we have for each other is, is amazing. So to see the things that, that, are, that are happening from building that network, uh, I would say is, is a good, good thing. So that's, that's who I am. Yeah. So, you got something you want to say? I was just gonna say, um, yeah, I'm a part of everyday media as well. I let dudes be the face of it. I'm the guy that nobody knows is a part of it. And, and I wanted it to be like that, you know. So yeah, so I like Instagram and stuff, you see posts. I want people to think it's dude. It be me sometimes, though. So yeah, so uh, we actually did the audio for the Milwaukee Podcast Festival. So awesome. we was actually there. That's yeah. what's fun. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's I'm yeah. That's cool. Cool. Anybody else? Yeah. Welcome. This is a community. We all support each other. It's safe oh, place to express ideas. I was like, what? I was like, did I do something? My bad. <laughs> Mike's hot. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Carly. I was I hosted the Curious Artist podcast. It sort of pod faded away for a while. Um, it's now can be found on YouTube. Um, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, yeah. Artists, artists uh, expressing curiosities from other artists, right? Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. Visual arts and other kinds of arts as well. Yeah. Anyone else want to have a specific ask or something that they're looking for? Maybe you represent a business who wants to help promote 
and you and you're looking at podcasting as an opportunity or a more economical opportunity to promote your business in as an alternative to billboards where you're paying six thousand dollars a month just for one billboard or um, you're paying twenty five thousand dollars for a commercial that runs on off prime time hours these are real numbers that are that a podcast can compete with from anywhere from $400 a month to $1,250 um, and you can, be, can become a fully sponsoring partner of, of most productions. Am I wrong here? If, so, if a company gave you $1,250, would you be happy to create 10 episodes each month? I, it's a, a renowning yes from the audience. Hey! <laughs> So for anyone who wasn't able to be here and is now tuning into the Plug Podcast, you can reach out to any one of these productions um, and, and, and reach the demographics that are very difficult to reach so specifically. These are people that you will get in touch with in your area and, um, and you're not going to be paying seven or eight middlemen through the process. You're going to be paying the artists directly who are passionate about creating this information and presenting it to their established audiences. Awesome. Round of applause for the panelists. I bet she'd make, make sure you're not late nowhere. You better not be late. <laughs> There's a reason we have a complimentary relationship here. <laughs> All right, to Mo. All right, so just one uh, final thank you to the Hive office. Hold on, give me a second. One final thank you to the Hive offices. Um, if you're looking to either for daily rental at $10 a day, um, or you can have a hot desk for a month. What? A hot desk, you get access to all this space for a hundred dollars. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. If I were working in two cities like I am and I needed a place to call an office, this would absolutely be the spot. Or you can have a dedicated desk for just double that. It's not a big deal. You spend that on your internet anyways. I mean, hello people. Let's get professional. Let's get organized. Let's turn it over to Mo Crosby from the Hive offices. That's a play when we walk in here in the morning. I'm gonna, you're my new hype man. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna do a little, you know, networking social hour here with uh, the musical stylings of Jeff Alberts. He is one half of Agent Green. Um, check them out if you have not yet. We do have some merch for sale over here. Uh, Andy brought us some amazing little buttons that I'm definitely going to steal at least two of. Um, but grab a beer, anything that you would like. If anybody's checked in, make sure you write down the podcast that you're from so I can uh, shout you out on our social media also. Uh, and thank you for coming, everybody. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Milwaukee Podcasters Meetup, hosted by The Plug Podcast. Next up, we have Plaid Hawaii discussing his summer plans.